We're in. We're in. Elliot Greer in the studio. Dude, I was Thank just you. saying, I loved your performance that you gave. When was this? On the You were on The Tonight Show. How long ago? Like a couple months ago? Hey, it was actually long? in December. It's funny. That was a yeah. That was a weird. That was right before things that really kicked off for you. Yeah, yeah. For myself, uh, I got that gig through a friend of mine who I was play. You know, I've been playing in the city a lot. Um, just like either cover gigs to like my own stuff to like just the bartender to busking in Central Park. Like I feel like I've done it all. Um, and my friend was like, do you want to do you want to do this gig? I can't do it. Um, but he didn't really tell me much about it. And I was like, yeah, sure. It paid quite well. It was right before really? Christmas. Yeah, it was like, okay, this, this will be a nice little... What does it pay? Like, uh, give me a ballpark. Uh, what do you get paid to... You you sang with Ashley McBride, John yeah. Osborne on The Tonight Show. Yeah. There were sort of like church pews and there were three of you guys in the back yeah. that were singing like this almost like tribal, like uh, chanting sure. kind of sound thing. It was really great. Yeah. What do you like? What like ballpark me? What it, was get, just, it was just under a grand. Just under a grand, but, but probably was, not that much work, right? I'll like, be honest with you. It was the easiest song I've ever had to learn. Yeah. It was just the verse. Um, and the only words that were in it were hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus loves the drunkards, the whores, and the queers. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you recognize him if he bought you a beer? That's yeah, literally it. That was it. So that I was I'm like, right, put me in. Like, put me in. Put I, me in. I, I could do it. Yeah. So, so your friend, what, they asked your friend to do it, and your friend was like, I can't do this. Yeah, I don't know why. I have a conflict. Uh, yeah, I don't know what yeah. was going on. He's a session singer as well. Um, and I, I hadn't done a lot of session singing, to be completely honest with you. Um, but uh, it got to the point where I was just like, this is great. It's a great opportunity, like all that kind of stuff. So, did the gig, met Ashley and John, who are like really nice, just genuine people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was fun. And then right, so right after that, like, I think, I, I don't know exactly, I think that was like December 10th, like less than a week later, that's when things started to go nuts. So it felt, really? that was a really defining moment for me. That, that it felt like that was just like on the back. Of I the feel whole. like that could be one of those moments where you, you're like, I made him on the tonight show. And then like weeks go by and like, it ends up like it doesn't do anything for you. Oh yeah. Or, like nothing happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, but yeah, like that yeah. was like, you got like on a roll there. Yeah. Like you, you had some momentum. And nothing, nothing, moment. nothing came directly from that, that performance. Per, but, uh, but it, was, yeah. it was just like, it was like a domino effect of like, I felt like I was having these conversations. I feel like every, Every every creative person or anyone who's ambitious will will know what I'm talking about. Like I would go into those situations going, "This could be the break." Yeah, that's what this I mean. Is, like I feel yeah. like you could go into the Tonight Show being like, "This could be this some, is it. This is it." You like, never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I'm not a, a schmoozy type of guy. I, I like I'm the guy who like I, when they were all like doing their thing, I was just in my dressing room, just like. Doing my what own thing? thing? Like, what are they doing? Like, sound? They were like hanging out, singing, like... and like sort of jamming in their dressing room. Yeah, and a yeah, few yeah. of the other people went to join them. I kind of was like, I don't want to be the guy. I don't know these people. I'm trying. There was a there was a code of etiquette that I was kind of like, these are the artists. Like, I'm what he's. Uh, I, I I just didn't want to be the guy being like. And then they're like, who's who's this guy? Just trying to get a leg in. So yeah, I sort of stayed back for whatever reason but then they kind of came to me and then they were like oh, i love your voice and all that and like i feel like i should know you and then ashley followed me on instagram she was like, i i just know i'm going to run into you again which i was like that's really that's really sweet um and then again was like oh my goodness like maybe that could like lead to something it never did and then but then 10 days later 
this whole thing kicked off. Which do you is, rehearse for that, or how's that work? Like, a, do you have a rehearsal offsite and then we just do we it just, live, we, or you just do it there? We did it once uh, because it was so easy. They just gave us in ears. They were just to test the sound. We played through it, made sure we were fine, and that was a you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was. I'm not exact. It was the easiest paycheck for performing I've ever done. Yeah. yeah which Wait, is great. So then what happened? Was this like around the time? See, I feel like it's interesting because we're sort of in this time musically where mm. like you have to be an artist and you have to be a content creator and balance those two. Yeah. But you're someone who's like actually had some pretty big success on social media, but I feel like mm. you haven't really compromised your songwriting or the Appreciate content that. that you're putting out. Like all the content of yours that's gone viral. Yeah has basically just been because of your music and your playing, right? Like you haven't, at least that I was seeing, like you weren't pulling any massive stunts or anything. No, no. I, I'll be honest with you. I had a, I've had a, a, a strange relationship with social media. Like I've always, before I had a, had a following to, to a certain degree, I always, I secretly always wanted the, the following. I feel like anyone who tells you that they don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying people are chasing numbers, but I do think it's like, anyone who's a creative person wants not so much just people eyes on you but they just want I wanted eyes on my music so I kind of felt like for a long time I was putting out content and I was like busting my ass in the studio like trying to make this work and then you you put it out and like four people would respond like just music like just releasing songs just or releasing like video content or... maybe a bit of both yeah, yeah, um, yeah but it was it was my girlfriend that said to me you need to get on TikTok and I was very against it. I was like, wh- like, because at the time I was like, I'm what you're saying. I'm not the type of guy that people are going to buy into on TikTok. I'm not going to. I don't. I just. I'm not very good at the trends, and like, I feel like I, like a fucking moron trying to do stupid things. So I was like, I'm going to. You're going to look at it and just cringe if if I was to do something like that. And then she was like, she works in she works in advertising. She's like, people just go to TikTok for like their sub genre niche things. You just need to find a market that people come to TikTok to see you. To see Not, you. That's all. Don't worry about everyone else. Just yeah. find the just, people just fi- which was going to be into you. Yeah, which is, a, I suppose, is a great lesson for any artist. But I feel like, well, at least for myself, it's like it sometimes takes me a long time for the penny to drop. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. So I was putting up videos. Nothing was sticking. And I was like, oh, this is not it. This is not great. I had one video that I put up, which was my first kind of, it wasn't viral, but it got like, I remember it got like 10,000 views, which for me, I was like, wow, that's quite a lot. Like I've only yeah. had like 300 views or I was like 10,000 views. And then Noah Khan commented on it. And I was like, oh, this is quite cool. And then Jelly Roll, the country artist, he, yeah, he, yeah. he messaged me and he was like, you're an amazing songwriter. And I was like, Okay, so there's a little bit of traction coming here. Um, what was that for? Bleed or what? Song uh, no, was that, for? that song was "All My Exes Are Doing Better Than Me." Oh yeah, it's a great song. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate that. So that was that was a year ago, and that kind of spurred me on. And then, long story short, I I broke my collarbone. It was a, a few different things that happened. I broke my collarbone um, on a way to a gig, and then I was in the hospital. I played the gig. Yeah, I, I heard this. That you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was, I was, I was that determined. Do you know it was broken though when you played the gig? Uh, I did. See, I, I'm just not that committed at anything. I, 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 I had to use my arm to. I'd be, I'd be thinking about like long term damage. Like, what's I mean, this one gig compared I mean, to like that? Well, that's a, that's a sensible thing to to do. And I, and I wasn't being reckless. Like, I did seek like top top 
medical professional advice and i said like is this gonna is me doing this gonna screw me up because i'm not i'm not that much of an idiot that i would yeah, yeah. blow the red I, I oh well if they green lit you or whatever then i'd be like yeah let's well get they what were else am i gonna do they, they kind of were like we don't recommend it but if you can figure out a way to keep your arm in this position you can do it so i kind of came up with the idea that i held the guitar up this way yeah, so yeah. i looked like a real moron and played the whole show like this yeah, which yeah. already caused people to go like is there something wrong with this guy or probably yeah but, probably. well yeah, no, no yeah well how, wait but how'd you break your arm i was so i was scooting Sco uh, i was on like an electric scooter yeah, like like one of the ones you pick up off the street or like well actually it was my own it was your, it was your own i was the idiot yeah, for yeah. buying it uh i spent like maybe like a thousand dollars um yeah. on that um it goes like 30 miles an hour. I wasn't wearing a helmet or any like protective gear. But this, you looked great. I they, was looking quite you good. You were looking really I was cool. looking yeah, like yeah. the baby version of um, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. I had the leather jacket on, but I, was, mm -hmm. I wasn't driving a Harley. It was more of a, yeah. it was a smaller, smaller, smaller thing. So, um, so I was doing that. And then this guy jumps out uh, right in the middle of the bike lane. Like I'm not just like just jumps. Um, I don't know if he was okay but i don't i don't i don't think he was trying to do it maliciously i think he just like was trying to get out there was scaffolding and then i swerved and then i just like hit the deck and like oh I, my god i landed i knew i thought i dislocated it first um but i was so stunned by the whole thing and i was literally on a freeway i was in queens so i was literally like i was very lucky that there wasn't like a semi or whatever that would like come and crush me so i like crawl over and the guy didn't even stop and then oh my I, god yeah crazy and then this family came over and i'm like you know swearing like a sailor and there's like two little shit like, oh, like yeah, yeah 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 fuck. <laughs> but i was like fuck 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 and then i was like i'm so sorry like i was trying to be in that moment well, I was still, I, yeah i was still courteous yeah yeah, yeah. um and this guy was like, do you want a water? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll take some water. Um, and then the guy said to the guy walking away, you almost killed this guy. And he was like, yeah, sorry, man, better luck next time. And I was like- Wait, the guy was walking away yeah. or- Yeah, the Wait. guy the guy who jumped out just kept walking. And then the guy who helped me, who was a random bystander- Wait, he walked, I thought this was someone, I thought this person was in a car. They were just walking? Oh, they just walked. Oh, and they cut you off because they sort of walked in front of you. Yeah, so it was coming down- And then the he just walked away? Just, he didn't even stop. Oh my God. Yeah. It was the strangest thing. I was so stunned in the moment and I was so lucky that I, I actually hit my head slightly. So my first thought was like, fuck this guy. If I have a concussion, I have a major problem on my hands because I, I, my phone was on like 10%. I was deep into Queens um, and I couldn't get myself home. So I was like literally calling my girlfriend. I was like, uh, we have a pretty bad issue here. I said, I think I've dislocated my shoulder. I might pass out in a second just go and find my friends and try and find me. And she was like, I don't have find my friends on just, she had like, she had like disassociated. She goes, you forgot you don't have any friends. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm kidding. True, true. Um, he and, must be concussed. Uh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, I'm thankfully not concussed. I get into a taxi and then I drive straight to the hospital and I, I'm saying to my girlfriend, let's just not go to the hospital because at the time I didn't have insurance because I yeah. thought oh no this is going to be like I mean I was just like a struggling musician I was like I don't have six hundred dollars to, to spend on insurance and so I, I was literally YouTubing uh how to pop a dislocated oh shoulder in. and I said Ugh. to my girlfriend I was like just pop it in it's fine and and she was like we can't do that like there's no way and I was like I don't want to go and spend like ten thousand dollars for them to be like hey it's broken we can't do anything for it anyway 
she talked me into it. We, we went, um, and thank God I didn't because they were like, if you'd have done that, they were like, you've actually broken the collarbone. Like, so, oh my God, it would have been worse. They oh would, my God, it would, it would like freaking pierced out. pierced out your skin. Oh said. my God, so I'm I was like, like thinking about this. I'm oh, thinking about this. Oh my God. Yeah, it would have been... Oh my God. So anyway. Oh my God. That would have been horrible. I would literally have been had a oh my God. bone. Okay. But anyway, so we're talking about, um, we're talking about the momentum you got from the Tonight Show. Yes. Um, no, no, wait, but what happened? So well, you, you, the, well, you played the gig. No, well, the only reason I bring this up is because this was a sort of defining moment for me on, on social media. So basically I was bedridden for about eight weeks. And all I could do, essentially, I couldn't really, I played at one show per week, but I was I was struggling, like I couldn't, it was really just that one gig I wanted to keep. And then I spent the entire time just like studying TikTok. So then I put up this cover with me sitting like this of Neon Moon, because someone had said to me before. By Brooks and Dunn? By Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had said, you have such a great voice for country. And I always kind of laughed at that. And I've always kind of known there was a little hint of country in my influence i don't know really know where it comes i suppose scotland there's a lot of folk and country overlap with that um but anyway i was i was messing around with a song neon moon and my girlfriend heard it and she was like you gotta put that on tiktok and i was like no no I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna do that anyway i put it on tiktok it got like almost a million views and that was the real gate opener of like oh wow this is they really like the country thing. So I leaned into that and I went from like having like 200 followers all the way to like 20,000, maybe roughly that. And only in a matter of like eight weeks, which for me, I was like, that's quite good growth. Um, so that was the that was the moment I was already building a small fan. But same on Instagram. I'd went from like 2,000 followers. And then by the time I did the Tonight Show, um, which was about two months later, I had about 5,000. And I, I was like proud. I was like, I'm, I'm working hard for that. It's all yeah, organic. Yeah. None of it's paid. None of it's like bots or whatever. And then, so I felt like I'd built this small little country-ish community. I did the Tonight Show, put an original song up after that. And then that's when it went from like 5,000 followers to like the next day I had 200,000. Wait, it happened in overnight? Pretty much, yeah. You went from 5,000 to 200,000 followers? I, I, pretty much. I, maybe like 185,000. It was like it was like a crazy jump. Um, Wait, in literally in like 24 hours? It was like maybe 48. 48 hours? Um, okay, but at that point, who's counting? Who's counting? But what, wait, but what was it? It was the, was that bleed that, that you put bleed. out? That yeah. was bleed. That was bleed that you put out yeah. that just went like crazy. Uh, crazy. I mean, crazy I went, viral. I went, uh, I went from going like, I went, I'll be honest, I had, I had no one on the horizon. I had like, I had a small group of friends that always kind of believed in me and you know how it usually goes. Um, but it went from me, I was the guy who was busking in Central Park trying to like, I remember I met, <laughs> met this guy, Max Gale, who used to work at RCA. I think he's at Rock Nation now. Um, but I remember I met him and he'll think this is funny actually. I remember thinking, I said to my girlfriend, because he commented on a video of mine. He was, I just saw you in Central Park and you're amazing. And my first thought was like, my God, this guy works at RCA. I could get a record deal. Yeah. Holy shit. Like it was, you know, I was, I was, I was doing the same thing. So I was like, oh my God. Anyway, nothing came from that. He actually wasn't an A&R guy anyway. So, so he couldn't really have done that much, but I met him once I signed through Sony and we can add a lot of mutual friends, but it was those type of moments that like led to like, oh my goodness, I was the guy trying to get myself in the door. And then I can't remember, say I posted it on the Thursday or whatever, by the Monday, I had bar like three labels. I had every label reach out. 
Were you starting to question this path as an artist oh, at that yeah. point and just oh, be yeah. like, maybe this isn't for me or like maybe I'm getting, I mean, you're not that old, but I think like yeah, artists tend to think like time's going fast and it's like, maybe I'm getting too old for this. Yeah, yeah. Like I need to get health insurance. Like yeah. if I break my other collarbone, I need to screwed, find something. right? Yeah. The, like, I mean, were you, like, were you getting close to maybe finding a different path or like you were never going to do that? I mean, it's hard. I mean, I feel like I... The the simple answer is yes. I mean, there's been many times in my life. I feel like my life has been like this. It's been it's been a graph. It's been up and down. A lot of lot of down, few ups, and then you kind of plateau and you kind of the the skill is to not readjust too fast when you get to the the peaks because then you're like, okay, this is great, but what's the next level? You sometimes got to for me at least sit. You have to ride the wave. You you can't be looking at the next wave. Um. So, but. I've had a weird career. Like I, I started in musical theater. Actually, um, your and then, parents are both like your dad's an actor. Yeah, your yeah. Mom's what like a ballerina. She was a ballerina. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah. So I kind of had a theater background. That I never fully indulged in, and I. So I've kind of. I felt like I took a couple of years off from songwriting, and it's just funny because like when I came back into music, which is my true love, like that is the thing that I. I do think I was put on earth to at least write and sing my own stuff um the 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 sort of transformation for in like a matter of like two to three years because i only really got back into music in 2020 um so in three years there has been like it's a whirlwind of of things that have happened compared to when i was doing more theater stuff I just couldn't get in the door. No, people you would say to me, you're really talented, you've got a great voice, but it was the opposite. They had different values. It was like, you don't sound like anyone else. Where I've never tried to sound, I have influences, but I've never tried to, if, if I think to myself, well, they've already got a Ronnie Dunn, why would I try and do that? Or they are, if, if they've got John Mayer, don't try and sound like John Mayer. They've already signed him. He yeah, has a yeah, fan yeah. base. Yeah, so yeah. And now that's just my philosophy on it. But so when I came into the music world, the thing that people said were like, we can hear influences, but no one really sounds like you. And and I think that was in the beginning scared people because I think people like to, you know, they, they, they like what they know. And I feel like that's a human being thing. It's like we, we get a little scared of the unknown, but it's like when, when something happens and it connects, it can completely change people's minds. And, they're, they're out, and they go like, oh my God, I've not really heard that before. It's a breath of fresh air. That's a lot of the comments that I was getting, which is really surreal but yeah no i mean there's definitely times where i majorly thought of giving up and 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 i think that's I, i'm i am living proof where like anyone who's listening who goes i don't think it's going to happen i had so many days where i woke up or i went to bed the night before and i'd given up and then something got me out of bed the, the next morning and i just like kept doing it um so i don't know it's it's definitely i i truly believe it's not it's it's like 10% talent and then the rest is like a mixture of like luck, a little bit of luck and just like perseverance. It's, it really, it, I, I do think it comes down to your temperament and like how truly how badly you want it, you know, and it's, it's, and I'm not saying you could be completely tone deaf and if you want something, like, I, I don't think I could, if I was like, I want to be an astronaut, I'm going to do that. Maybe I think some people do hit limitations, but I think if you've got a decent idea of your skill set and you're true to yourself. Like I always knew I was talented. I always knew that. I, I, I know I can sing. I know I can, it's, and it's, I don't, 
it's never an arrogance because I've, it's always just been like, I know I'm not the best at things or whatever, but there is cer certain things that I know I can go in and do my job. Like you would hope like a bus driver knows how to, dr to drive a bus. You'd hope they'd be good at it. Um, so I kind of spent a long time honing my craft. So when I go on stage, I go like, I might not be everyone's cup of tea, but I know I can do what you're paying me to do. Um, so it's, but that is very different than having, you have to sort of straddle the line of delusion and belief because when no one else is buying into it, you are, you do think to yourself, am I delusional? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I'm good at this, but uh, how do then I no know? one gives you a show. I could be a Dunning-Kruger. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So you, you straddle that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is kind of crazy that one, I never like to say people, so one person said to me in Nashville, oh, you're the TikTok guy. And without being precious about it, I don't think I'm the TikTok guy in the sense that there's like, I know a lot of people who are who are friends who are like major TikTok people who have never played a show in their life. They're like, you know, very, very young. They've got yeah. crazy success. And that's amazing. It's a different path than myself. But TikTok was kind of like, I'd already built the foundation. TikTok was kind of just like the gateway into my world. Why are you not in Nashville? Like, do you ever think about that? I feel like your creative community yeah. and, and collaborators are in Nashville. But yeah. maybe they're in, maybe there's other people in New York too that I'm sure are also brilliant. But I, I feel like yeah. your sound just, I can think of like six people in Nashville that I feel like would be your amazing, amazing yeah. collaborators. I right? mean, like, I think the thing is with me, and I love Nashville, I'm, I'm going back to work with an amazing producer um, like next week. So I feel like I sort of straddle this line of like, people always say to me like, what 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 are you? Like what genre are you? Because I don't claim to be a country guy. I don't really, I'm not a pop guy. I, I definitely lean in this Americana roots kind of world. Um, but I think the thing that's, when I met all the, the Nashville labels, there was, a part of me that was like, I don't want to go, I'm already leaning a little country. If I go with a country label, I'm going to be pushed in a direction where it will, it will feel a bit fake to me. Um, so I went with the New York label purely because of David Massey. I met David um, and- David always sells it. He always he's sells great. it, right? Yeah. This, is, this is what I hear about everyone who signs to Aristotle. Yeah. It's like, ah, we were trying to figure out that. And then I dare with David Massey and boom, it was game over. Well, that, that's what everyone said. Why is he so charming? I've never even met the guy. Well, you know, it's funny. So I I'd, I'd kind of know in his career when he signed, I'm a big fan of Oasis. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I know he'd signed Oasis um, and it was my- uh, manager at the time who said to me, uh, you've got a call with Aaron. Cause it was just like, they were stacking up. And then the game changer was usually, as you know, like when you meet all these labels, it's like A&R, you'll get pushed through to someone else. And then if you're lucky enough, you'll meet the CEO. I had a Zoom with Arista and fucking David Massey's on the first call. And I'm like, is this not the CEO? And and my manager at the time was like, this is weird. Like, this is, this is a bit odd. Like, and then he was like, yeah, like, are you in New York? And I was like, yeah. And I realized he was English. And then he was like, yeah, come over to the office. We'll have some tea and hang out. And I was like, okay, cool. I went to the office. Wait, like same day? Uh, the, so that was the night before. And he was like, come over at like 3 p.m. the following day. Yeah, yeah. I went over. I had a gig that night and I'd spent from 3 to 6.30 just talking, like three and a half hours, which was a long time. Um, 
And eventually I was like, David, I got to go. I said, I've got a show, uh, like a cover gig up in the Upper West Side at Prohibition. And uh, I said, I, I got to go. I says, but it's been such a pleasure. Like, you know, I had guitar in such hand. Such a great move. You yeah. walking out yeah. on... Not him saying like you're like look I got yeah. I got a split I got big I gotta go to play some Britney yeah, Spears yeah. covers to people that Great don't give move. a shit yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so oh, okay and so, yeah, yeah no well more. then well then he follows up with now thinking that was me politely excusing myself he goes where's it at and I went uh, is that a place called Prohibition and he was like oh yeah I know it we'll come and I'm like oh my god yeah that's a great move too well that but then he so he invites like half the team. And then so I'm calling my girlfriend on the cab and I'm going, fuck, I've just, this is, um, this is it. It's blown. Like, cause he's going to come, he, we've had, I've had a great artist conversation. Yeah. Then he's going to come to this uncontrolled oh, environment. Oh, you're like, shit, like he's going to come. And I, like, you're thinking like, I'm not going to be good or like that magic yeah. what, dust is not going to be there because well, the, I'm doing covers. The like. biggest, yeah. The biggest thing I thought was he's seeing me right I, I truly think people only remember you how they first met you. Yeah. The first thing that I didn't want him to see was me playing covers in a, yeah. in a bar setting. You know, I always people always say like the first impression is so important. I know so many people where they give me a horrible first impression mm. and then they make it up the second, third or fourth time. And then I like I don't even remember the first impression. I mean, that's fair. But you you seem like a and David's the same. But I feel like a lot of people don't have that emotional intelligence to sometimes see pass up so that's a great quality and oh. david has that as well but i didn't know that thank you Elliot. that well, really no, means it a lot is. Uh, it is <laughs> but, so, but, so that's, the, um, that's a very open-mindedness which, yeah, which, yeah. which i like but but you were worried that he was going to come see you doing britney spears covers Correct. and the whole mirage was going to be blown like yeah. the whole thing was going to be yeah yeah, yeah. and so uh, yeah i thought it was going to be no thanks elliot we're moving on you're yeah, not yeah. You're, and nothing against cover i mean i've i'm made rent for years doing that type of stuff but when you're dealing with major labels it's a catch-22 I mean, you mean you you got to put in the time doing those type of gigs but it's not really how you want to be seen as you know it's like if you say you're an artist and you know you meet someone at like starbucks and you're trying to convince them like i make great coffee but i also like i'm an amazing painter and sometimes they can't differentiate like well you're the starbucks guy though so it's, you know what i'm saying so anyway uh so I'm calling my girlfriend going, well, this is it. It's fucking, it's over. It's blown. Um, so I was like, you got to come though to the gig to try and like sweeten them up or whatever. So he, he, uh, Jess and my friend Aaron spontaneously come up. So it's Aaron, Jess, my girlfriend, David Massey, Gabby Massey, James, like the whole team are just sitting. So I call, uh, I said to David, how many are going to be there? And he was like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine. So then I'm calling Prohibition. I'm like, hi, Johnny, it's Elliot. Um, random question. Can I get a table for like 10 people? No, man, I can't do it. We never give tables to the to the musicians. And I'm like, you know, this is a really strange situation, man. I said, and I literally was on in like 10 minutes. I was like, this is the craziest shit I've ever said. I says, but you got to get a table for 10. I will make it up to you. I'll play a free show, whatever it is. Nah, man, it's not going to work. Like, it's it, it just, just leave it. I says, go just Google this guy's name. And he was like, I'm not going to give you the table. I said, just Google it, David Massey. And he was like, okay, give me one second. So he comes back. Yeah, yeah, we can get a table for 10. Um, yeah, we can get that going. Oh my God, yeah. that's what he said? Yeah. That, that did it. Well, he I'll got be, you the table. You got me the table. And I, thank God he did because I walked in and it was the busiest I'd ever seen it. Like yeah. some, it was usually busy, but it was like slam. Now, if, if you're sitting with like music execs standing at a bar, like it's oh, just no. not, it's not, yeah, the, yeah. it's not the vibe. Um, I do the gig. I thought 
in my mind, I thought, this isn't going to work. So I just like went fucking crazy. What do you mean it wasn't going to work? Like you thought there was no way he was going to sign. Yeah, I just didn't think so. So you were like, what's the point? Not, Not based on the music that I was doing. I just thought, this is not where... I want to be showcased like you know so i was throwing in a i threw in bleed and i threw in a couple of originals um i was i was going for it and i just thought this is my i always said to my i always said to jess my girlfriend i really hope one day i'm playing in a bar and there's a music exec there and he comes up to me and he's like there's a record deal you know that's yeah, yeah cliche cliche yeah, yeah, so i great, thought yeah, yeah this is it so put your money where your mouth is and just sing your face off in these songs anyway it, the gig went well I finished the, the gig. They were like, come and get some food. Come get some food. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and then we're having fries and burgers and all that kind of stuff. And then we're leaving. Gabby's wife is hilarious. Like her and I, we're, we just click. Um, but then David said to me afterwards, um, I don't think this room has any idea what they just witnessed. And I went, oh, that's very nice. Thank you. And he says, uh, just completely off the record, you have a record deal. Um, so whenever you want to take it, just get a lawyer. And he said, I know you're going to Nashville. He says, but what I just saw there, uh, these people have no idea what they just witnessed. And it was pretty sensational. He says, and he, and he says, can I tell you, uh, just, just one thing between us. And I said, ah, he says, um, do you want to know your best song? And I went, and I'm playing the Beatles. I'm playing, you know, Oasis, Britney Spears. And he goes, all your originals. And I went, oh, fuck off. I was like, that's not, it's just objectively not true. He said, I'm not saying they're the best songs ever written, but the way you sing them, there's more heart in those songs than what you do when you sing a Paul McCartney song. I was like, oh, okay. Well, so it's a bit more justifiable. Um, And then that was it. And then, so I, I left that situation. I was just like, what other CEO of a label would come to a, to a cover gig, spend two hours and then offer your record deal. So that yeah. that really made me go like, out of everyone that I met. So then I went to Nashville and I said to my girlfriend, I said, "Why do I? If I, I would have canceled the trip and I, I would have said, I mean, I know, I know, I, I would have said, let's lawyer up right now before he changes his mind, right? Well, I, I knew that he was going to give me a little bit of time, and I thought all these, I'd booked the flight. I'd paid for the flight, obviously, trying to get down there. So I thought, you know what, I need to go. And it was always an element of like maybe there'll be something else that'll be a better fit and everyone was amazing like everyone was so like such amazing people that if david wasn't in the picture that i'd be like i would it would be such a honor to be with any of them seriously um but i just got to the point where i said to my lawyer i was like there's i may have a an experience that is just as electrifying but nothing's going to beat that i thought i've got a bird in the hand david is like not even just like interested in like catching a wave but he's just interested in me as an artist i think um found a lawyer pretty fast um and basically got the deal done i think what thankfully i'd done for whatever reason i don't really know how it worked but like because i had kind of built that organic following i hadn't sort of fallen into some of these trends i think it already sort of built such a loyal fan base that like I'll be honest with you, I, and this is crazy because all I ever wanted in my life was a record deal. I got to that point and then I was like, maybe I don't even need one. I was like, maybe I could just do this all independently. Like yeah. I'm, I'm growing at such a rate. Um, 
I mean, I, I, I don't regret signing with uh, with a label because I feel like that's having the team behind you like that is just ultimately going to, you know, but, but I, it was just weird being at that point where I'm not exaggerating. Like two weeks before that, it was like, it was just a different, I was busking in Central Park, you know, um, and then like even Gabby Massey said, I think I saw you in, in Central Park. Central Park, she saw you. Yeah, I'm like... Just you know, so it's just it's just kind of crazy. Um, and then after that, it all kind of went like rapid fire. It was then managers, booking agents. Um, another thing I always thought about was like you know artists think you know you just need me and maybe a songwriter or a producer, but it's like there's so much that goes into an artist. It's like you've got the touring agents, you've got the Tour manager, yeah, there's a whole team, literally yeah, a whole, that, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, which you always kind of think about, but you don't really think about it until you actually are in it, and you're like, oh my goodness. Um, so it's, I, I have a very, very strong team around me now, um, and yeah, it's just now it's kind of we've slightly we've slightly pivoted on certain things. Um, I was going to do the whole thing myself, like DIY, but now we're sort of, I've been fortunate that a lot of producers have come to me, uh, which is allegedly quite rare um but i'm so i'm just honored that some of these people are like we, we want to get involved when you get the ad advance from the label what happens you go out and buy health insurance is that the first thing you do what i have health insurance yes yeah. um the the first thing that i did buy for myself uh was a watch a good watch yeah uh, yeah it, it was a it was and not like a crazy not nothing it's just a watch that i've always it's is a it this watch it is this watch. It's a very old. This watch is is from 1961. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not crazy, crazy expensive. I mean, I feel like watch enthusiasts would uh, appreciate flashy one. People would not appreciate it. But if, if you're a true watch enthusiast, you, you might know. appreciate it. You know, yeah, um, yeah. But I. So that was like the the thing that the uh, that I kind of bought for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't own a great watch, and I feel like I I should right. own something. But I want to watch like. Maybe like this watch, but I'm not really a watch guy, but I want a watch that like a watch enthusiast would be like, would tip their hat mm. to, but maybe isn't like the most expensive watch in the world. Well, I, this is a, this is a, for me, this is an Omega Seamaster DeVille. Um, again, not crazy, crazy. What I loved about this was this is from 1961. So it's like, I just love the- Is that your significant or just the fact that it's old? No, it was like... just, it was, I mean, my, actually my dad was born in 61, but it, I just love the fact, I, I like old things that have been taken care of. Like yeah. anyone can go buy a new Omega or a new Rolex or whatever it would be. I like things that have been sort of preserved. Um, same with like guitars or things like that. And just, I feel like there's, there's this kind of like weird- like the term vintage is obviously very trendy now, but I feel like for a long time it was almost like, oh, if something's old, discard. Where it's just nice to see that if things are are taken care of, that this has been on the earth double the amount of time that I've been here, and it's now on my wrist. I don't know whose wrists it's been on. It's just it's, that's just fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's never stopped ticking. It's an automatic, so it's just like just constantly. As long as it doesn't get wet, it'll just keep ticking and ticking. Keep so, moving. yeah, that that was like the one nice thing that i just did for myself um i got health insurance and um yeah thankfully i haven't had to use it yet which is great but that's you never you know want. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's that is the point of insurance right. um but yeah no it's been a, it's been a crazy it has been a crazy couple of months the thing that's really hard about what i do is the this is the comment that keeps coming up with myself as an artist people i'll release a song and then i'll get 
all my Instagram and TikTok people being like, this is bullshit. Like what you do on TikTok is way better. And I'm like, okay. So then I try and I try and digest the comment, not pandering, but I try and listen to the people that are listening to my music. And then I'll go, what do you think of this? Mm, it's kind of there, but what you do on TikTok is way better. What does that even mean? Because aren't you putting the same stuff basically on both both platforms? The only difference is I'm playing live on TikTok. Uh, so I'm just, it's like me set up, boom, yeah. sing. So we are in the studio, like like a traditional pop song. You'll like lay the guitar, lay the stuff, and then you'll sing over it. Um, I had this guy come up to me. I play this, this residency up at the Art House Hotel. And... Uh, really nice guy, uh, but I don't know where he was from. I asked him and he said Brooklyn, but it was not a Brooklyn accent. So I don't know where his origin was from, but but definitely English was not the first language. Um, and he, so I was the same thing, playing covers, but kind of my own stuff. I still do the gig actually, um, just because they've been really good to me. That was the gig that I went to when I brought the call. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They owe you forever. Well, yeah. So um, it's, it's like, Good money, but what it is, is for more than anything, it's just like keeping my hand in, keeping me sharp. Like, because the last thing you want to do is sign a record deal, you stop performing, and then you, you get, get rusty. A, yeah, you get a big gig, and then you can't, you choke. Yeah, you know, yeah. So you, it's, it's more that for me. So, um, but I was playing this show, it was a couple of weeks ago, and I was playing the thing, and this guy just filmed the entire show, and I was like, definitely, definitely odd. Um, and he came up to me afterwards and he was like, hi, I'm a really big fan of your work. And I went, oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. He says, can I, can I tell you something? Um, what you do live is like world class. And I went, oh, wow. Thank you so much. And he says, yeah, your recordings are fucking terrible. Oh my God. That's what he said to you. Yeah. I don't uh, think your recordings are bad. I appreciate that. I, not at all. Well, Thank you. That's very nice. What but, do I know though? Maybe he's right. Maybe, maybe they well, suck. I well, don't know. You know. You know what he said? And then so a friend of mine was, uh, who's a musician said, and I said, oh yeah, I get this a lot on TikTok. People say the same thing. And then she said to try and break the, the awkwardness, she goes, well, you're not one of the people though that like say that on TikTok, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah no, I'm the guy that says I'm that. Lure, I'm literally the guy. The guy. I'm the guy <laughs> I'm who's like, putting these bad voices yeah. in your head. Well, yeah. so, but the more I digested the comment the more i think about it there's actually it could have been um a bit more eloquent how he said it but i think there is definitely an element to what he said that is based in in truth because when i am whenever i hit record and it's just me producing my own stuff and i'm singing into a mic and i've got the track behind me i'm just like in my head too much it's like i'm thinking about what i just wrote what i just played where when i'm just playing here, if you were to set a camera right here and I was to do a TikTok right here, I'm not thinking of anything right now. I'm just thinking like, play the song, get the message across. I'm not thinking of all that. So I think there's just a more honest, raw take that I just can't simulate other than just doing it. So I think I think what he was getting at was, I think again, it was a little misguided, um, but I think it actually came, uh, came full circle. So to the guy, I can't remember the guy's name, but I basically, I'm going to be working on that and I'll send you the album. You'll, yeah. be, you'll be the first one to get it. Ah, so. fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the, wait, but the current single, I Bought a Honda, I think yeah. this is a great song. I think, like it? I think it sounds great. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Me and, too. You know, one of the things I like about it is, is it does have a little bit of like a country vibe to it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I feel like country songs about cars or like about big trucks or about big, <laughs> and a Honda is like the most normal thing yeah. Yeah. you can buy. And basically this guy goes out of his way to buy a Honda yeah. just to be remembered, just to remember yeah. 
these memories that he's had with a girl, right? That's, that's what a, the song is. That's, that's it's hilarious, a, right? Yeah. But it doesn't sound that funny. Like, it's pretty serious <laughs> when you're listening to it. Like, it's this, quite sad. Th- this guy is heartbroken, yeah. right? Yeah. What's the, this is, so what is this? This is, did you write this by yourself or who'd you write this I by? I did. I, be, I have a situation where, uh, I write, I, I, I come up with a song and then I'll bounce the idea of my girlfriend, Jess, yeah. who's not... She's a songwriter? Well, not by trade, but she's actually a copywriter. So yeah. she, she is a professional writer, I would say, but not strictly in songs. But uh, but for example, she, I kind of, I usually start with like the first verse and the chorus. So I did the whole thing and I was like, what do you think of this? And she was like, oh my God, that sounds great. I hit a sticking point with the second verse. So then I was like, just live with it if you want and play around with it and so she wrote the entire second verse wow which is great that's yeah. pretty cool yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's a very sort of unofficial thing but that's kind of how i've never done any co-writes really before so that's the closest thing that i feel like most comfortable doing um and she's a great writer so uh it kind of came together really fast um i think it sounds great i worked with this guy called nick ruth um that was the first time outsourcing a producer to try and to try and find a different just a different vibe to just me doing it um but yeah it's always the song that like whenever i say the title especially live people go like what is that like they they sometimes laugh and then by the end of the song they're kind of like what the fuck was that like it was just a different it takes on a different meaning so a lot of my songs um are completely made up so that has no Just personal stories. Yeah. But do you, I feel like you have great titles. Like one of your songs, When I Hear Africa by Toto, that is the name of the song. Thank Hilarious. You. But what, and I actually a great song. Thank who's, you. Who's sings the, um, who's the, the uh, feature on that? That is a, an artist called Rose Stoller. Really unique voice. Amazing voice. Amazing voice. Amazing voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we got connected through, how did Rose and I get connected? I think I literally saw her on Instagram and I shot her a message. This is before, again, this is before, this is when I just got back into music. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have any money, but like, can I pay you like $100? I know it's way less than you should be getting, but like, I don't have any money. Like, could could, could I just give, could you cut a vocal? Yeah. She cut a vocal, it sounded amazing. Um, yeah, I, I that story actually is a true story. So it's funny, I, I, was, I was having a, uh, one of my best friends uh, and I were having this huge fallout uh, and it was partly my fault actually the situation but I hadn't spoke to him in over it's definitely over a month and his song that he would all, he always loved um, When I Hear Africa by Total um, or sorry Africa by Total sorry I'm putting my own name into it yeah the, right right yeah plug there's a plug for it um, but no he loved Africa by Total um, and I was in uh, North Carolina and obviously there was a sort of like estranged thing between us and we were like, weren't talking. It was like this sort of like bravado, like I'm not going to make the first move, you know. And then all I kept hearing on the radio was fucking Africa by Toto. So it just sparked this song that every time I would hear it, I would, my first instinct was to like text him or like to look for him. Um, And then... I sort of took it in a slightly different direction between like two, two, you know, lovers per se. Um, but it, it stemmed from my relationship with uh, my best friend. Um, so yeah, that was a true story. But most of my story, like I have a song called 33. Um, oh, that's like a, that's a gorgeous song. Heart wrenching. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But same thing. I I, I always you gotta, if you're you gotta hear that song. If you're lis- listening listening pre- to this, you gotta check that song out. I appreciate. What is that, that about? That's about a friend of yours who really struggled. Uh, well, with, yeah. I again actually not. Uh, that's it's a not made even up, real. No, it's a made up real. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's but essentially the the narrative is it's a it's about someone who is either in a relationship or however you want to take it with someone who is uh like died from yeah. an addiction what's the the hook in that song if she loved me as half as much as uh, she, if she if she, she loved, loved herself, herself half, as, half much, as much as she loved me today she'd be 30 straight yeah yeah that song has really hit a chord in some people and I, and I remember talking to david um and i actually said this in an interview i did recently and i because i said to him like because he was like because he I, so he called me up and he was like this is before I'd signed. I'd I'd set, I'd written that song in 20 minutes, yeah. which is crazy because sometimes it takes me 20 days to write a verse. Um, I wrote it in like 20, 30 minutes, and then I sent it to him, and then he called me. and was like, "What is this song? Like, oh, like this is much better than Bleed." And all that. I was like, "Wow, it's really sweet." Anyway, um, I had a long chat with him, and he was like, "What is the story with that? If you don't mind me asking." And I was like, and I was at this crossroads where I was like, "Do I just?" I don't. I like to be honest, but I was like, "Do I should I just make up a yeah, story? Yeah. Should I just say, oh my, oh my God, the, my friend back Died home, over, yeah, this whole thing? Who would know? Who, who would, would know? know? Nobody's gonna know." But I, I said to him, I was like, "It actually was completely made up." But do you think I should, you know, should I maybe not say that in interviews? And he was like, "No." He was like, "I," because I, I was like, "Do you think people will think that's phony?" Uh, and he kind of really gave me a great piece of advice. He was like. A lot of writers just write what they know, which is great. And that's, you know, I've done that. I probably will do that again. Um, but I feel like there's a certain time where you like hit a ceiling. If it's all, if this is your sphere and this is all you know, you get to the point where you've, you you kind of go like, well, I've kind of written about everything I've done in the last year. I don't know where to go now. What I try and do is I try and like put myself into other people's shoes, which is not the most original thing. People like Bruce Springsteen and all that have done it, but just come up with these i try and see myself more as just like a story a, a teller of stories rather than like oh, this is like something that is so close to me so i think what's good about what i do is a lot of my music is really depressing and people go like is it really hard for you to get on stage and sing these songs i'll be completely honest with you no it's i enjoy it because it's not like i'm up there going wow this is a real experience that i'm going through again there's certain things that i've pulled from um, but I think if I, if I had went through someone, if my ex or whoever it was had died of an overdose, I don't think I would enjoy singing that every night on stage. Yeah, where that is the it's I too think, personal. Yeah, it's a bit too personal, uh, and you, you'd really have to sort of separate that. Where the good thing, selfishly for myself, is, and I suppose selflessly for the, the listener, is there is no connection for myself. That song is really for everyone that's struggled with that personally. Um, so I'm really l- thankful that I haven't. Um, but I've had a lot of messages on a lot of songs, but especially that song being like that has really changed or really helped me. Um, so it's it's crazy. So um, I'm being less ashamed of not having personal connections. And I'm just sort of see I just see myself as like a novelist to songs. Yeah, I love I was going through the catalog too. You have the song New Orleans yeah. that I was listening to. And I was like, this has got to be like some old blues song <laughs> that he decided to cover. Because no. it sounds like that. I was like, this has got to be like, a, yeah, like yeah. a, you know, whatever yeah. wrote this and sang it like a hundred years ago. No. But like you just, you just wrote, you were like a solo writer on it. Yeah. 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 Fun, really fun song. I appreciate I that. Like That's that a song yeah, yeah. that is Barry. It's funny you, you referenced that. That was, 
a long time ago. And that was, that, I think that was the first song really back into my music career. So I've, you know, there's, there's things that I feel like I've, I've evolved, but that's a song that, yeah, that was, that was the first song that I just sat and was like, how would Johnny Cash write a song like this? Or how would, you know, how would these type yeah, of yeah. people, because I'm not running around shooting people with guns. Not and, yet. Not, well, not yet. Ho not well, yet. hopefully. There's still hopefully, time. There's still no, time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's kind of, I have a, a definitely an interest in uh, relationship with songs, but I just, I just love, like I wrote a song today that I really, really feel strongly about. Um, and whenever you write, or whenever I write a, a song that I go like, wow, that was, I always go like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah, you know? did, yeah, yeah. and I, I would be great to say like, oh yeah, 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 I sit down at my study and I light a candle and you know, I get in the zone and it's all just flowing. And that would be great. And I, there may be some people that can do that, but I do think it sparks from something. You see something, you read something, and then it's, you're, you have a, you have a well for me, I have a window where if I don't act on that situation and I go, I'll, come, I'll go get a coffee and I'll come back, I will never write the song or I'll never finish the song. Yeah. So today, like I was like, I was running late because I was like, I was literally like, okay, okay, I've got this part and I've got this part. And then I was like, fuck, I need to go for a shower. I need to go there. And then, but I was like, if I if I break this like trance. You're never going to come back. I never, so, and I'm, I did it. I managed to make it all work. But yeah, but there's never, there's it's such a great feeling to go like, wow, this is a cool song. Even if it does nothing, it just, it makes you go like, Okay, it's you've there's something that's been creatively, you know, put out, which, yeah, is, right, which, right. Is, which is cool. But I love it, man. Elliot Greer in the studio this week. Man, thanks for coming by. Pleasure. I bought a Honda. That's the current single. I right bought a now. Honda. You gotta listen to the song. It's funny, but it's like heartfelt. I appreciate that. It's it's like gonna make you sort of laugh, but you're gonna go, wait, this is like pretty serious at the same time. Yeah, it's like yeah. pulling these different things. And dude, your first headlining shows, what, in a couple weeks in Denver, uh, where, where are you playing? The Globe Hall. The Globe Hall yeah, in Denver. In Denver, Colorado. On, Why? Did someone like reach out and, and uh, book you? Or what's well, I'm going there for a AAA, uh, the AAA radio oh, yeah, conference. Oh, yeah, right, right. Um, and then we just thought, well, while I'm there, I feel like a lot of my demographic of listeners are going to be, well, I, just from like the stats that my management pulled, they were like, you've got a lot of listeners in, in Denver, let's do a show. So I'm doing, I, th I think I'm doing the radio conference that morning and then going straight to the show. So it's a very oh, fast right. fast turnaround, but yeah, yeah uh, please come along, buy tickets. Are you, are you just going to play solo? Or yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. I just, that's all you need. Just, yeah. You that's, and that's, a guitar. And the truth. And or the truth. actually, the, that's not it. the truth, because it's, not, it's not my truth. Just bullshit, just fake, <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> I love that when people say, yeah, three chords and the truth. Well, it's like it's like four and five-ish chords and yeah. bullshit. People always throw in six, six minors everywhere. <laughs> four, one... Four or five with a six minor. Yeah, it's it's really four chords. That might be the next one. Is ever four chords and and bullshit. Yeah. That's that's my, uh, that should be the album. Just four chords and bullshit. That, I would listen to that album. The title pulls you in. The title pulls you in. Like liquid there. Elliot Greer. He's playing in New York all the like you're in New York all the time playing right. Uh, residency yeah, I, or? I only play Art House Hotel. Yeah. On Saturday. It's been a little tricky with my schedule right now, to be honest with you, just because it's, it's starting to pick up a little bit. Um, but I'm playing this Saturday, the whatever date that is. Um, but yeah, if you ever want to come along and just, well, hear some there. originals and covers, there. just let me know. Elliot Greer, have we, have we left anything out? What's been unsaid? What have we, what's been, Now, now's your chance. What We've got the publicist in the corner what thinking think? about what's been unsaid here. I don't think anything, right? 
We we've touched it all. We've said it all. It's all been said. <laughs> no stone has no been stone has been unturned. <laughs> We're wrapping it up. Uh, <laughs> Elliot Greer in the podcast studio. Melrose. I think if I keep shouting out Melrose Podcast Studio, maybe they'll give me a discount. Sure. What, we're working on it. This is my second shout out for Melrose Podcast. Melrose, come on, Melrose, Melrose come on. This place is great. Air conditioning, great cameras. Maybe I can write a song. Staff, maybe I can write a song. Write a song. Melrose Podcast Studio. You got to use this place. Yeah, yeah. Oh my oh. God. All right, we're done. Wrap it up. We're done. <laughs> oh my God.